broadcast. This is your emergency broadcast system. What's up, man? Hey, y'all. Time to take notice. We are here on New Year's Eve to purge 2018. Not only are we purging 2018, but we're also taking notice to the best decision the co-host of this show ever made, and that's bringing in the (laughs) pocket-sized, shiny, bald man himself, Scott. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. The journey is over. Welcome to our 10th episode, everybody, of Hashtag Biz with Beard and Bald. We are also purging the elites and the fakes and, of course, the posers. So this is for you, Major Garrett. Watch out because we're going to take you out in 2019 like an order of bad sushi. (laughs) Oh, gnarly. And since I'm hosting the show this week, Beard, you know what? No. It's go time, bro. Go it's time. Ta- yes, sir. It's time to finally concede publicly. The experiment is over. The hypothesis proven <laughs> that, in fact, Eyeball did not sign nor enter into any behavior contract prior to joining this show. Game over. And this show, bro, is our house. That's right. It's our house. Like a bad bunkhouse in college of two roommates unexpectedly <laughs> housing is jacking up. I guess it's our roof. Our rules, Beard, and since our audience is increasing and doing so almost as rapidly as the state of Illinois' cell phone tax, it's time to be as authentic as possible. You do realize that's nuts, don't you? I'm for that, man. All right, bro, that's where it's at. I'm the ball, Mr. Scott Schaefer, and joining me from the dirty, dirty south, all (laughs) the way from Atlanta, the man who likes, he can chop lumber, change a tire. And wrestle grizzly bears. <laughs> but really, bro, you know you can't do any of the above. <laughs> the beard himself, Mr. Kerfy Smith. Is that the best you can do, creep? Uh, thank you, brother. Uh, as And as expected, all my worst fears of you hosting are coming true. <laughs> With an intro like that, I probably should punch you in the face, but your beard hasn't grown in, and I don't hit women and children. Shit! Ouch, uh, that's what's up. <laughs> In all seriousness, I am excited about the 2018 Rewind show today and can't wait for 2019. Uh, Before we do that, though, I do want to make sure I want all our listeners to all subscribe to the show on anchor.fm slash bizwithbeardandbald, then share it on your Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. While you're at it, my Wookiee companion. (laughs) Get it, Wookiee? I get it. All right, Chewie. (laughs) If you love hearing us and want to keep us going, any support, I mean any support, would be much appreciated. While you're on the profile page on Anchor, click on listener support. That's listener support, and keep this train rolling. That's great. Before we get into the 2018 clips, my excited little friend, we need to get some business out of the way. As everyone knows, at the end of the show, we ask our guests which look on men do they prefer, beard or bald, right? Yes, we do that, beard. And as you all noticed, <laughs> I am hosting the show today. That's right. New Year's Eve, 
2018, <laughs> turning the book, flipping the script on The Bald is Beautiful today because last week our guest, Mr. Doug Hine, agreed with me and most of you that aren't staged guests with me <laughs> that you, their beard is old, freaky, and just won't die. <laughs> In fact, you are like your own Muppet character. And by the way, Beard, <laughs> your beard still has its own Instagram account with the same seven dude followers. <laughs> that might be true. Uh, okay, so you may have won the battle with the last guest, but when it came to the war, the beard pounded the ball six to three. So in case you need a reminder for you, the challenge went south and your hairline continues to go north. Very funny, Fuzz Face. I'll tell you what, bro. Here's what's up. Let's up the ante. Okay, I'm in. If you get more votes, Beard, in 2019, <laughs> like that's going to happen, <laughs> then you ready for this? Yeah. All right, everybody. I'll grow a beard. You know what? I'll even, as caveat and bonus, or like an entree on Mr. Minor Garrett's show, I will even grow hair on my head. Nice. nice. But, but. Here's the catch. If I win, you have to shave off that roadkill on your face. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, you know what? Game on, brother. In fact, let's video this. Hey, that's what's up, bro. It is a bet. We're on. All right. I'm your huckleberry. <laughs> you got something else to say? No, I think that's enough, bro. I think our listeners are tuned in and, and, and probably have some interesting expressions on their face <laughs> as they want to see me get out the axe. And yeah. all my yard tools to take right. off that beard live on hashtag biz with beard and bald in 2019. Well, before we get going, how was your Christmas break for you? Did Santa make sure you had a step stool for you to get into his sleigh? Uh, funny guy. And I see even the last episode <laughs> of this year, you still haven't gotten any good j jokes to get to throw out here. But I'll go ahead and answer your question. I had a wonderful time during Christmas. In fact... I didn't need to buy any presents. I just oh. laid myself under our Christmas tree as a reminder to my family and friends that came over just what a special kind of gift I am. I did it. Oh, gosh. You are definitely the gift that keeps on giving, my man. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do this. Okay. Beard. All right. On the very first episode of the show, we had, or you had, Dr. Shauna Goodrich. Yeah, yeah. Wait a minute there. I, I had Dr. Goodrich on the show because on our first episode, you already took a vacation. I think I really need to talk to HR. Talk all you want, bro, but can you just focus for just one second right now? <laughs> As I, I, bald, the beautiful pocket-sized, bold, bald co-host of yours, as I was saying, before being really interrupted by whatever that is on your face, <laughs> we had Dr. Goodrich on the show, and she was discussing the importance of being healthy and being healthy great leaders. Well, you're right, and check so check out this segment when we discuss how important diet, exercise, and sleep are to be more effective leaders. She discusses how important exercise is to being a strong leader and executive. So exercise will obviously improve one's image. What else does exercise do for a leader besides just image? It does several things. It's been shown through by different neuroscientists how exercise really enhances the brain, the cognitive um, response within the brain, the brain's ability to fire its synapses quickly. And with a busy executive, you have to be able to think on your feet. Sometimes you have to make quick decisions. Sometimes you have to make weighty decisions. 
So exercise does that. It increases the endorphins. It, it helps with circulation. The blood flow starts. You're getting oxygen into the body. All of those things contribute to being able to perform at a higher level. The more sluggish and lackadaisical or sedative you are, then your brain responds the same way. So exercise definitely key and paramount when it comes to being a high achiever or anyone that's really in a position of a leader in of leadership. Unlike you, she is so right, Beard. As you know, I love working, coaching, and training student athletes. And as I mentioned before in our ACS training and coaching subscriptions, the top three things you can do today to be a better leader are diet, exercise, and sleep. Well, you're absolutely right. You know, diet is so important for so many reasons. The one that is obvious is healthy eating gives you the energy to push through the day, and all leaders need that. Well, let's not forget physical appearance. As a strong, healthy image, appearance and reputation are so important, which is why I don't understand that thing on your face. <laughs> Serious, seriously, though, Beard, fitter leaders are viewed by employees as having stronger leadership capabilities and better performers than those who are overweight. That's a That's fact. Right. That, that is a fact. So the first show went well, but then we had the luxury of bringing in the CFO, excuse me, CEO and entrepreneur, Mr. Ken Flutter of CSE Software. That's right. It was a good one. And it isn't a coincidence that this has been our most listened to show to date. Uh, the clip that stood out most to me is the moment he spoke about failures or his specific fear. So talk to me about your fears, challenges, and failures over the past 28 years. Um, do any stick out? <laughs> well, first of all, uh, Kerfee, my fears are of drowning, of fire, <laughs> and of falling. Okay. My biggest challenge or fear in business is to figure out how not to atrophy, how not to become complacent, to always, to always be moving forward, to always be thinking out in the future. My, my dad used to say, um, in life there is no such thing as, as neutral. You're either in drive or you're in reverse. And so one thing that, we, that we've tried that we do in our business is we have people all the time thinking, okay, we're doing this today and this is fantastic, but what's coming tomorrow? Right. And, and so, and so the, fear, the fear of slipping into reverse is, is that's probably my biggest fear in business. For, for our business. I mean, failing, if, if you use the word failure, failure defaults you to negative. But if you, but if you take maybe a mistake or what most people would call failure and turn that into positive and turn that into something that, that you can, that you can learn from, that you can, um, that you can grow with and that you can, you can change, um, then failure becomes success. So, Scott, the one thing we can learn from this in 2018 is that atrophy will kill your business. And we all know that. We have witnessed uh, this in 2018 as some of the biggest box chains go under mainly due to atrophy. That's right, Beard. And, you know, as we coach our clients, the change is good and continuous improvement is necessary. And I'm just going to plug a book right now. And right, it's an oldie, oldie but a goodie, Who Moved My Cheese? If you haven't no. read it <laughs> and you're still trying to overcome uh, any kind of fear and insecurities revolving around change in the workplace, change in any kind of environmental culture. Get the book, read the book. It's worth the read. 
Absolutely, you know, and self-improvement starts with self-replacement. So the one thing that maybe we can, uh, you know, tell people and some things we coach around is, you know, one, audit your team and you on what you do well. Two, audit what you don't do well. Three, establish a plan, and we suggest ACS seven-step problem-solving methodology, obviously. And then four, stay in your lane. Don't try to fix everything yourself. And then lastly, take ownership. Stop blaming others and invest in your people. Man, I tell you what, Beard, number four that you just mentioned, uh, stay in your lane. Um, I oftentimes get to be a confused American driver like I'm in Europe. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I get that. And that's that's a tough one, everybody. Yes, it is. Well, that transitions us, Beard, into episode three. And we were so blessed to have one of the smartest guys I've ever met on our show. Yeah, he is. And, and Jim, wow, a CEO, entrepreneur, and the author, author of Wisdom of Failure. Yes, there's a short clip on what the new business model will look like in the future. What do you think, um, how do you feel anyway, uh, we as leaders and companies need to adapt to this next generation, tying it back uh, or forward in the technology boom? Well, you guys are really good at what you do, and the people that uh, follow and that you've uh, helped coach through know this in a much longer presentation. But I can say that the, the biggest things that we see that are happening right now is that uh, most people have grown up in a period of time in which you had to search for information. And right now, at this period of time, you have to sort information to get it right from wrong. So this vast amount of information that's available at your mm -hmm. fingertips really needs to be evaluated for quality. So in the, in the short term, growing in the intermediate term, one of the things you have to do to evaluate your business, evolve your business model and adapt is get the right set of facts so you know how to steer it in the right direction. And that's really difficult to do as, uh, you know. And Kerfo, one other just small piece to that, which is uh, in, the, in the question Scott, you ask, uh, like, you're not too big to fail, but I think what happens is that businesses have to decide that they're not going to chase every shiny ball. And they kind of have to decide what they are, who they're going to do it, and then how to uh, adapt to the disruptive forces like, you know, the world's largest hotel company doesn't own any hotel rooms. The world's largest taxi company doesn't own any cars. So nobody saw that coming over the last 10 years except for just a couple of businesses. Right. Stop chasing shiny balls. I love it. I get asked all the time, Beard, by startups, uh, where do I start? Or we see companies that are struggling because they try to be everything to everyone. Well, yeah, and I see where you're going, and I think that, you know, it isn't that hard, but unfortunately, we as humans want to solve all problems. Yeah, isn't that the truth? I, I don't know if it's human nature uh, or what, but it's, it's real simple, Beard. What do you do? Who's my niche? How does it make their life or business better? And finally, is there a proven process or easily accessible product? Absolutely. It's not that hard, and everyone asks, where do I start? That's it, those four steps. Well, in episode four, we go from someone who is life who has a lifetime of entrepreneurship to someone who is just starting out. Man, I tell you what, I was so so overwhelmed after the show, uh, Beard. This this is amazing. A 17 year old award winning international film director, 17. Aaron, Aaron Avant Johnson joined us, and as a young entrepreneur, he deals with more doubters than most, even you. This, <laughs> let's take a listen today on his advice on motivation um, for you to tell that story at, at that young of age you know there's a lot of adults that go out into the business world or they go into their job and they have this huge fear uh, of failing or rejection and, and many people fail or never even start business because they fear rejection 
yeah. and they don't handle adversity very well. How did you, at such a young age, handle that? And were there any supporting forces that you have surrounded yourself with to help? Well, yeah, definitely being on this journey, I have experienced more no's than I have experienced yeses and um, you know that dude comes with being younger and just being in this business you know it, you're, it's, it's going to be a lot of trials and ups and downs and different things in that sort um, and but I am so glad that I have my family my family um, is my biggest support system I'll care yep. if you were coming out to the set it was pretty much it was a lot of my family was there my grandmother when my aunt and my mom was holding down craft services where my mom was being project manager my dad was over logistics and it, it was just a whole bunch of different like different family members and my team truly I'll say that they are the most supportive and I am forever forever grateful to have the people surrounding me that I do and you know going through this process and going through this journey if I did not have that team or that support system I would not be nowhere near uh, where I am today and of course I couldn't do it without God so well that was great and I think the one point is that I get from this is surround yourself with positive people toxic people will bring you down and positive things will always happen and inspiration will be constant when you have people around you who believe in you man I think that uh, what stood out for me is the fact he mentioned start following your dreams and do so early and don't let negativity permanently shut the door on you, man. I mean, without a dream, we're, without dreaming, there's nothing. Uh, you know, we're going to see obstacles. We're going to always encounter doubters. I mean, you do every day you wake up. And, <laughs> and, and of course, the doors will close. Um, however, you should never let that one door closing deter you. Accept it as part of the process, Beard. Absolutely. That's a big, big key that we're there, accept. Well, negativity can be painful, and it's no wonder Episode 5 with ex CarX CEO and the author of Perfect Pain joined us. Parham Parasaran, or P-Pain as we call them, was probably some of the best content we've ever had on the show. If you wanted to get down and dirty, Beard, um, and really dig into a self-assessment, this was real. This had it all. Yes, yes it was. P-Pain, I... When most people look from the outside at success, let's let's start there. Let's start with success, which most people don't. But we're going to start at the top. Um, they think to themselves that some people just have it. You claim that many of those people, at least from what I've researched, um, and some of the greatest heroes or icons are products of experiencing a great pain in their life, and that from that great pain, um, catapulted them or inspired, motivated, and ultimately produces greatness. Um, for themselves that they could then transcend to others. So first and foremost, thank you for recognizing that, especially the self-awareness discovery. And then there is a question here. Um, <laughs> could you tell us about what you had to overcome to reach entrepreneurial greatness? Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, the, the, the first thing that, that, that I had to overcome which you know when when you're doing it you 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 weren't really necessarily consciously realizing what you were doing I didn't realize it till later but really I was overcoming my own demons um, my my desire to to win to succeed to to gain all the acclamations and all the admiration that the United States of America prides itself on and those things then where you get the power is you know the money and the and and 
and you know being great at something and so you you seek those things and and in my case it, it came from just a, a serious lack of self-esteem which doesn't make sense because I had and did things with incredible confidence and with incredible will but at the end of it all at the at the depth of it I was insanely insecure and the the self-esteem that that I could not regulate I was finding in winning and achieving. And so that became why and how you reach those greatness. And I think this goes the case with a lot of people. You look at, you know, you know, big time football players or actors or, you know, really, really successful people. Nothing like me. Um, they all had issues. They all had issues. And, and a lot of them use and channel those issues into doing great things, frankly, so they don't feel those issues. Wow. I think there are thousands of people, entrepreneurs, leaders um, that can relate, but just don't know it. You know, um, our drive for success is our own demon. And, and, and that demon is not being able to handle our lack of self-esteem. And, and the problem, Beard, is is we're too proud. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the recognition of why you may succeed is because of issues that you were trying to mask. And therefore, when you do succeed, you don't feel you deserve it. So you sabotage yourself or self-sabotage yourself, as he says. I hate uh, to cut you company. off right there. Hey, Beard, I hate to cut you yeah. off, but but wouldn't mind cutting your beard off as well. <laughs> Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. <laughs> we need to take a quick break right here, Beard, um, to hear from one of our sponsors. You okay with doing that? I'm fine with that. If you feel the need to moisturize that dome, then I can go grab a drink. Okay, well, let's take a break then. Welcome back to the 2018 Hashtag Biz with Beard and Bald Rewind episode, where the name in 2019 will remain the same, even though the pocket-sized, shiny, bald, <laughs> successful, beautiful, you can stop me anytime. No, don't stop me anytime, Beard. I'm just going to keep going like this rewind. My friend who resembles a Chia Pet is back as well. Joining me from Hotlanta, here's Beard. <laughs> Episode with with uh, P-Pay before we took the break was making me think that your snarkiness is really a cry for help due to issues maybe you experienced as a child that you still haven't resolved yet. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, I mean I should be more understanding of the pain you must feel you must have felt as a child not being tall enough to ride the roller coasters at the amusement parks, and still forty years later still not be able to ride those same attractions. That's great. Go ahead, make your jokes, Mister Jokey, Joke Maker. <sighs> well, once I heard you should never take a penis to a knife fight. <laughs> uh -oh. oh, and, and Beard, my advice to you is you should just never attend any of those. <laughs> but hey, let's rewind episode six with sales expert and comedian, Mr. Jay Jensen. <laughs> he was a comedian. Uh, the great thing about this is Jay hammers in on the sales process and the issues many of us all fall into with sales management issues and failures. Well, Jay, let me ask you this. Um, you have a phrase... And if you haven't coined it yet, let's just you and I make that arrangement right now, a gentleman's agreement. Every time I use it from here on out, you give me a nickel. Um, but you say invest in your team, not the process. Can you share with us a little bit more about that? Well, you know, and I tell you what, it's 
in car sales, they're always trying to figure something out. And what they end up doing is some guy with the, I always say fancy suit pulls up, you know, got a big briefcase and comes talks to the owner and the owner, you know, listens to this guy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do this. And he pays ungodly amount of money for some stupid process that's focused on the clothes. Hey, I don't mean to interrupt you, but are you saying we should, Scott and I should be going after car dealerships? Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They'll buy anything. No, dude. (laughs) I mean, they hired me. How stupid can they be? (laughs) No, buddy. (laughs) Um, But but it is. And you get these processes, and it's like, our salespeople are weak. Don't worry. We got a process for that. We're going to focus it all on the clothes. All they got to do is just go force the customer down this funnel. And then, uh, then we close them 98% of the time. So they spend all this money and it's just process doesn't work. So there's really only one sales process. I know people go, you're old, you're stubborn, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, there's one sales, actual sales process. What's changed is how we get to that sales process. Mm-hmm. And maybe it starts a little sooner, but you know, learn the process. And that's what you need to do. Invest in your team. And I even said this before I got in coaching, you know, I mean, that was, it's just invest in your team and not into some stupid process. Well, I think what is great about this clip is that it identifies what sales process management is all about, allowing employees to derive their own solutions, carefully guided by some carefully constructed process management. For the first time on this show, I'm actually going to agree with you, Beard. <laughs> Too often. Well, <laughs> it should be. But uh, too often we feel you know, like we need to look for new ways. Yeah. And, and, and even new processes to um, not only close deals, but in reality, as coaches and sales managers, um, we also need to focus on one word. And that one word that we use all the time is execution. That's right. Execution. I like that. Yeah. Well, get out of the van was the title of our next episode with CEO of Bump Boxes. No, not not Kathy Ireland, but Miss Christine Deering. <laughs> yeah, it was. And I love the clip behind the title of that show. Uh, and others, you were told to go to college probably, just like my parents mm-hmm. told me to go to college, get a job at the Fortune 500 company, yeah. get good benefits, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then you decide to leave it all, take your own path. You wanted, yes. you wanted to do something different. It seems from the outside looking in like a good decision, much like the day my partner said goodbye to his comb over. Uh, <laughs> How hard was it for you to do that? And tell us about the fear you overcame, the sacrifices you made, and if you can, what would be the biggest piece of advice for those out there that may be sitting where you were on how to take that leap of faith? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I think, um, you know, the the main thing is you, you've just got to go. You've just got to do it. And so I think, um, you know, when I found my passion, um, you know, I think it was just perfect timing. And so, yeah, kind of, you know, to your point, um, you know, you kind of grow up and you're taught to go to school and to get a job at a corporation and all of these things. Um, but then you kind of have to retrain your brain into, um, you know, really going after opportunity and going after, you know, what you want to do and kind of creating your own path. Um, and so I think, you know, it was funny because I remember, um, you know, just a quick story, you know, kind of what got me, you know, moving on it um, was, you know, when I was younger, I I was just like a goofy kid. And so I like I had a hard time making friends. And um, like Scott. <laughs> yeah. hey, no, wait, wait, wait. I didn't say anything about friends. I, love it. I, I said, love it. 
I said playing hide and seek. Oh, okay. Yes. Friends. Yes. They just didn't want. This, nobody wanted to find me. That's <laughs> well, I mean, stuffed like, animals aren't real, yeah. Scott. Ouch. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I mean, I was just this like crazy energetic kid and it was just like, and so I was going into high school um, and I was, I was a freshman. I knew maybe three people at the school. Um, and so I just, I remember, um, you know, like the first Friday of the first week, I mean, I was just terrified, like walking through the halls. I was like, oh my God, what am I doing here? Um, and so my mom was like, you know, let's celebrate the first week of school. Let's go get ice cream, whatever. I'm like, okay, great. So, you know, I get in the car with my mom. Um, and we start driving, she takes me to um, the football stadium for the high school and stops in the parking lot, and she says, get get out of the car. And I was like, what? what? She was like, get out of the van. And I was like, oh, shit. And I'm sitting here just shaking, terrified, because <laughs> I'm like, I don't know anybody here. And so she's like, get out of the van. And so, like, she basically pulled me out. She peeled out of the parking lot. And it was, you know, it was one of those moments where I'm like, oh, my God, my mom just kicked me out of the van. And so I went and I met a ton of people, um, made a ton of friends. And so, you know, when I made the decision to leave my job, I mean, I remember calling my mom and I was like, hey, mom, you know, I you'd be proud of me. I kicked myself out of the van. I did it. You know, I, I I'm going after it. I made the decision. And, you know, like like a good, you know, Midwestern hardworking mom. She's like, you made your decision. Like, you know, because here I here I was leaving, you know, this great paying job with health benefits, and I had a one-year-old with my husband, and here I am going to go out on this adventure, you know, and right. with nothing, you know, really starting kind of from square one. Um, and so I'm sure my mom was probably terrified. I mean, if I was in my mom's shoes, I'd just yell through the phone, like, are you crazy? Like, what are you doing? You know? Right. But, like, she, I mean, she had faith, and, you know, she was she's always been so supportive. Um, and so it was just that, you know, the kicking out of the van moment that was just super, super crucial to like just getting after it. And so I try to, you know, keep that in my mind all the time, you know, like, because I think hesitation is the one thing that really, um, can like derail you from actually like going after something that you want. Um, so it's like in that little moment where you almost hesitate, it's like, okay, I just got to remember to kick myself out of the van. What makes this such a good clip to share is the ability to just jump in. I think the problem with a lot of people is that we, you know, that we coddle them as parents and uh, do not force our kids to figure out. So they are programmed to do what society tells them they should do and avert from risk taking. Wow. I'm going to agree with you twice on the same episode, Beard. You, you should do it more often. Well, and you should shave. <laughs> <laughs> but, but for all of our listeners out there, if you're looking to start a business, but you just keep finding excuses on why you haven't followed your dream, kick your ass out of the van. It's easy to get into the van, but kick your damn ass out of the van That's and right. just go do it. Get to it. Nobody else is going to tell you when it's time. You're the only person that is and should tell yourself to do that. Damn, get brother. out of the van. <laughs> damn, brother, you tell them. Hey, well, 2019 is here, so from now on, Beard, you can be the good rancher, and I'll be the bad bald rancher and since we record on my lunch break i'm gonna say whatever the hell i want about whoever the hell i want and i'm gonna right now after having fired my acupuncturist for being a backstabber i'm ready to get down to business in 2019 like a cross filming of saturday night live saturday night fever and old school the great oz has spoken <laughs> well then <laughs> 
Well, I can't wait to hear what your thoughts were on our next guest, who was LinkedIn was a you know major LinkedIn influencer and content queen from Margo Media, the chief operating officer Shay Robottom. This was probably the most fun show because it was so real. I mentioned to her real and fake people, like Major Garrett. Dang. Well, I won't argue that, uh, but the need for people to bring awareness to struggles and instead of being more vanilla, but actually showing what actually happens behind the magic cur- curtain. Just listen. Well, Shay, you're a major influencer on LinkedIn, and I want to appreciate. And one thing I want to point you. out here, yeah, because and you and you're real, right? Uh, and I think there's some people out there that are fake. Um, yeah. And so when I sure. reached out to you. And you responded and said, yeah, I'll do the show. I was like, wow, this is great. Hey, we have a major influence. I've reached out to other influencers out there, and I'm not going to name them by name. Um, but they but said you, no. They don't even say anything. They sit there, oh. and, they sit there yeah. and say, oh, hey, I'm this. I'm here to help people, and oh, just CC me. And No, you're here to help yourself. So I'm not, mm, not yeah. going to name them names right now, but if we need ratings, yeah. I might do it. Don't, my, don't put him on blast on my episode, Kirky. <laughs> I don't want to be associated with that. I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but your, your videos yourself are pretty real, and, and I love that. And I would say you, you, you're a free spirit, from what I can tell. Uh, yes. Do you think, to become relevant in this day and age, that uh, the days of being put in a box are over and people want to work for, work with, and hire people that are more open and are real? And I mean, I struggle with this because, as you probably have already discovered, that my balding little friend, much like his scalp, tends to wear a bit thin on people. Uh, so I like to keep him in a box, but... Has being real helped or hindered you? That's a really uh, awesome question. So I think it's helped. Um, I don't think I would have grown the following I have in the amount of time that I have had I not been so real. Um, I kind of feel like there's a market for it. Like there's just not enough people actually actually being real on social media and showing the struggle, the hard times, the mm. the kind of topics that no one really wants to take the leap and talk about, but everyone's thinking. That's like how I define myself. Like, dude, I just say this shit that everyone's thinking. Don't act like I'm like crazy. <laughs> like, I know you guys are thinking this. It's just, so I actually think it's helped me a lot in that so many people come forward and message me like, oh my God, I've thought that for years, but like, didn't want to say it. Thank you for talking. And I'm like, right. it's really, it's really actually like validating for me to really more because I'm like oh well geez if this many people are like thanking me for bringing awareness to this then I I do think there is a market for this and there's a a specific audience that is fueled by this content so it's kind of twofold it's like would I actually grow more followers quicker if I was just like a little more vanilla and a little more like what everyone's expecting I actually think I might but then you know I'm kind of selling out a little bit in that like would I rather have that or would I rather have like a smaller but more loyal more real following no absolutely but it's also healthy I mean you're, you're you're by saying what's what's really on your mind opposed to keeping it in at times, I would think. Um, it's liberating. I think, Scotty, why I like this for a few reasons. I don't like people who do stuff for show, and I think being real is not only liberating in social media, but within your business. You know, I think you're onto something, Beard. What I think you're getting at is the ability to manage with an open book and have that mentality and the ability to allow your employees to do their own problem solving. Yeah, exactly. And we as leaders try to solve all the problems, and that's a big issue. I mean, if I can give one piece of advice to every business leader on how to solve problems efficiently, it is this. Go ask every manager what are the top 10 issues they have in their department, then have them prioritize them. Oh, man, that's such great advice, Beard. And That's and number three, you agree with me, huh? It is. <laughs> and and before, before I go any further, I think I better apologize for uh, pointing out 
um, our guest on episode nine's um, eating habits. Way to go, a-hole! So, <laughs> so, so uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Doug. But anyway, let's wrap up the show with our last clip from episode number nine with CEO from Big Kid Power Sports, Mr. Doug Hahn. I'm just going to share this. I hope it's okay. But, I mean, shoot, man, you, you went to flea markets. Um, you know, you sold, and, and, and you've already talked about, you know, going to trade shows and trade shows and this and that. And, um, you know, I'm a big believer, and, and I know Beard is, that, you know, there's a lot of people that are business owners who share that common DNA. You know, they're cut from the same cloth. And do you think the drive or desire to make money at a young age is a common thread? Uh, for most people who become successful? And if so, how has that affected or influenced you? Yeah, I mean, most of the stories you hear is that someone started at a young age of, like, like you could tell, you know? Um, and not necessarily, like, they've always been a business owner or entrepreneur or what, but, you know, I got a lot of customers that have, you know, regular jobs and they hustle and flip stuff on the side or part stuff on the side on the side and just are always Facebook Craigslist and listening to them, it's it goes back it's just part of their yeah, part of their DNA and just how that person has always been. Um but yeah, I mean growing up always kind of selling and seeing the behind the scenes of a business of marking up things and making money. I mean, it all boils back down to that. So I think that has a lot to do with where I am at today. Is that you, yeah, that you're at a young age. So how, how young were you when you were, uh, you know, selling in these free markets? So kind of tell me about that. How did that happen? You know, what were you selling? Yeah, my, my parents, uh, my dad worked at Dominic's and, uh, they would go to uh, antique auctions, and then uh, he would get all buddy-buddy with the guy, the auctioneer, the auction house owner or what, and he pretty much was like, anything that didn't sell, just put it in a pile and I'll buy it. And uh, so that kind of started things rolling a little more than uh, actually being at the auction. Um, and then he was taking that stuff, hitting up flea markets, reselling that, and then, I mean, I've grown up always at a – ultimately left Dominic's and just went into the flea market thing. And the inventory has changed over the years. Um, but they always seem to have slipped from whatever – you know, one inventory just kind of morphs into the next inventory and whatever we were selling at that time. But I guess, yeah, I've always grown up around selling and – have that connected as how you make money. Wow. What I took from this is yes, there are a lot of people that started selling at a young age and there is definitely a common DNA thread with all these individuals. However, that doesn't mean it's too late. And I, you know, a lot of people get frustrated with that. They're like, well, I don't have that DNA. Um, you will just have to work harder at the beginning of your entrepreneur journey than some of those individuals. You're right, Beard. Number four, while there's nothing you can do about certain traits you're born with, we at ACS, believe there are 10 specific traits of a successful salesperson that you can look for and work with. And once you know what those are, it's game on. Well, Scotty, 2018 is in the books, my friend. 
Yes, it is, my Yeti-looking friend. <laughs> well, since we don't have a guest aside, which is better, beer or bald, how do we wrap this up? Oh, well, Chewy, um, I think as we roll into 2019, it goes without mention that for those of you who thought we were just uh, two guys running a show with daddy humor, um, <laughs> that, and that is going to be the furthest thing from the truth. But the only way to find out if we're lying or telling the truth is to tune in in 2019. We're here to fuck shit up. And we continue this game as discussed and keep the winner each week of the guest answer as to determine who hosts the next week's show. However, however, Beard. Uh Here comes a however. I deeply regret that. How would you like to put those silver locks on the line? (laughs) Are you saying not only do I have to shave the beard, I have to shave my head? Bald is beautiful, baby. Oh, man. My wife's going to kill me. But I'm in, and only if you grow out what's left on your head and do a comb over and grow a beard. Game on. That's what's up. (laughs) Well, then it's a deal, buddy. I'm putting all the hair on the line for you. All right, folks. Thanks, Beard. I had a blast. 2018 is in the books, my friends. But never fear. Beard and Bald will always be here in 2019. So until next time, same bald head, same beard channels. Good afternoon, and thank you for listening to Hashtag Biz with Beard and Bald. Have a successful 2019, but first, celebrate smart, enjoy your New Year's Eve, and be bald and be beautiful. Hey, Hashtag Biz with Beard and Bald fans. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. It was brought to you by ACS Executives. Let me ask you something. As an entrepreneur or business owner, are you tired of struggling with running your business? Do you feel you can drive more revenue, improve your profits, and run more efficiently if you had a little help? Well, you are not alone, and there is a solution for you. Like many small businesses, as the owner, you wear a lot of hats. And why wouldn't you? You started this thing, so you were very careful and particular about it. Well, at ACX Executives, we do a deep dive into your business to help your business grow revenues, improve profits, acquire capital, and run more efficiently. We just don't point out problems. We help you resolve them through our family of companies and the solutions they provide. We share some of the best practices and processes and coach you and your team through them. Our suite of quality products and services will help you get there quickly and smoothly. That's how we ensure your success. So visit us at acsexec.com or call us at 1-800-495-6505 and schedule a free 30-minute consulting assessment. Have a successful day and we hope you enjoy today's episode of Hashtag Biz with Beard and Bald.